I'm Janina Bondock. And I'm Dominique Poole. And you're listening to Background Noise. A show where every week we delve into interesting subcultures and uncommon topics. This week on Background Noise, Introverts versus the World Part 1. Join us as we filter out the noise and find something interesting hiding in the background. This episode of Background Noise is brought to you by NatureBox, who have just recently started offering full service to Canada, which is great. Now, if you don't know what NatureBox is, it's actually a pretty cool service. Uh, You go online and you pick out uh, your favorite snacks out of whatever their pantry is for the the month, actually. They change their, their selection every month. And based on how much your subscription is, you can pick out some of your favorite snacks and have them delivered right to your door for... $24.99 $24.99 a month, I think, or $24.95, something in that range anyway. Uh, so it's they're great tasting. They're really good for you. They have stuff like French toast granola and Parmesan garlic pretzel bites, and there's just all kinds of good stuff that you wouldn't think that you could actually have, and it's delicious. So if you like good snacks that are good for you, go to naturebox.com, and you can start a 30-day free trial. That is naturebox.com. How do you even start a podcast? Hey, no, it like actually there's this one that I listen to that's is really a super conversational. It it actually just starts with a, a funny little vignette of what they say. Mm-hmm. It's like not something. This is so like, meta. We're talking about podcasts in a listen. podcast. <laughs> we, can, we can argue about podcasts. That works too. Um, uh, it starts with a little just funny little vignette at the beginning. And then yeah. Kind of like tiny little intro sound, and then they just start the conversation. Oh, nice. And it feels more natural that way. Yeah. Okay, let's start with this. What kind of podca- podcast do you listen to? Um, I only started recently, and I'm not really following any. I just kind of, I'm like weird. If I there's a celebrity I like or a band I like that's on a podcast, okay, I yeah, will listen to it. Listen I'm very to like, selective. Yeah. Music podcasts, pretty much. Okay. Um, I can't name any off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look at it and like, oh, is this one? Well, you've got your computer in front of you. Bust open iTunes. Oh. Listen to, to it on iTunes? Um, on YouTube because I don't like buying things. You don't have to buy them. They're, it's just a, like a subscription. Like, you subscribe to them and uh, they just show up on your feed, basically. Okay. Um, I don't know. This I don't want any dead air, so. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Listen. I'm going to say that a lot because that's my, Listen. That's my word. Listen. That's your, like, um, segue time. word. <laughs> Listen. Um, don't worry about it. It can It can be super casual. It doesn't have to be... Like, on the radio. Because I feel like I'm on the radio because yeah. of this environment. Microphone's yeah. here. Recording. Yeah. It's a bit... We should do a podcast in a cafe next time. Yeah, and have all the sounds of clinking and <laughs> various customer service rage to be our background noise. No, it's, it's good. Um, yeah, I listen to just a couple, but I've listened to a lot of them. Like, I'll find a podcast that I like and just, like, listen to the entire like back catalog of them all oh. and no i only listen to like one episode and then i kind of stop following it because it's like if the person because it's usually someone with a guest mm-hmm. and then if i don't like them then i won't listen <laughs> i'm super selective i feel like such a such a podcast snob uh, there's this one it's called full frontal uh-huh. it's about it's hosted by these two band dudes from this band called all time low and they talk about music, pop culture, TV and movies, punk music, and all that. Or the new wave of pop punk bands. And it's pretty funny. Yeah. A lot of inside humor and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So if you're part of the fandom, you'd get it. But yeah. as like a general listener, you'd have to like keep up with it yeah. to get it. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah. there's. I listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast. Okay. Uh, Rooster Teeth is a... Uh, um, independent, like, in- online media company based in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, they were one of the first pioneers of, of machinima and online video. Okay. And they've just kind of, like, grown from there. And they basically just make their entertainment, um, like, from the personalities of the people who work there. Okay. So the podcast every week is, you know, you usually have this one guy who's the host, but he's not always there, and it's kind of this rotating cast. People, yeah. And they just sit down and have a drink and shoot the shit for, like, an hour and a half. Nice. It's, it's great. That's the kind of podcast I actually really And you're like subscribed it. to it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. so it just, like, shows up every week in my iTunes feed. Nice. That's open. Please don't stop recording. So all podcasts are free. Yeah. Uh, here. That, like, blows my mind, because I'm, I'm not a podcast person. I'll listen to interviews. Don't, don't crash. On YouTube. And then when there's a po- And if it's on iTunes, I always assume that there's, like, some sort of money going into it, but... Yeah, no, there really isn't. Like, I thought so, too. But, yeah, you just... Okay, like, here, if you go into the store... Yeah, all, all the things I listen to are always on YouTube. 
Yeah, or like you just go in and then you subscribe and then you see the new ones like uh, showing up on your feed here and shows you which ones you've listened to, which ones you haven't. That's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's all free. Okay, I should get on that. Absolutely. Since we are doing this, I need to, like, culture myself in the podcast world. Tell you. <laughs> well, I'm hardly cultured. I know. <laughs> These guys, uh, well, they're basically a bunch of frat boys. Uh, the Rooster Teeth podcast. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, in their latest episode, they discuss the fraudulent donut hole in- industry. <laughs> I didn't actually know what donut holes were. Really? No, like, I didn't know what they were until recently, because I'm so used to, like, Tin Bits or Robin's Eggs. I know. And then you go to the UK, and they're like, can I have some donut holes? I'm like, what's a donut hole? And they're like, oh, Tim Bits? I'm like, that what you call them here? Like, yeah. Do they know? There was a British person I ran into, and they were, like, trying to order at Tim Hortons. And they were they said they wanted donut holes, and the person was like, uh, excuse me? And they're like, do you mean Tim Bits? <laughs> and I just, like, in the background laughing. It was hilarious. But they don't call it that here. Donut holes. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, well... Well, that's what it's called, like, by itself. Like, not in a branded kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's the... Not the proper noun, but the... General name. Yeah. The term <laughs> for those things. They're donut holes. And then... But then here, it's just... It's the generic it's term. The generic term, there we go. But then here, it's like, tin bits, you know, Robin's eggs. I didn't know Robin's eggs was a thing. I've never actually been to... Robin's Donuts? Robin's Donuts. Really? Yeah, no. Really? Mm. Gotta show you around. There's like so many in my area, and that was where I used to buy donuts all the time. Is their stuff any good? Like, I've always seen it as, I always thought it was kind of like a seedy place. So it's kind of freaked me out. Oh, it's okay. It's kind of like. Better or worse than Tim's? Uh. I don't know. I don't want to say anything because I'm on being recorded right now. But, um, no, they're both good. Depends on if whatever you want, if they're pretty much the same. Okay. Yeah, I just... I don't hey, know. Can I, get, can I get a $3 breakfast there? Like, yeah. Tim's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> there was one beside my dentist, and then after I'd got my teeth cleaned, I would just go eat donuts right after, like, literally. Wouldn't that be gross, though? You saw, like, all the crap in your mouth? Yeah, but I didn't care. <laughs> don't eat for an hour. No, I'm hungry. <laughs> just cancels out everything, but I want my donuts. Yeah. That's like when I used to um, go to the orthodontist and you'd come out and your mouth is just like aching and I'm like, or my parents are like, do you want some like donuts or whatever? I'm like, yes, please. I'm <laughs> crying. It hurts. It hurts. So I would get ice cream just because you didn't have to chew anything, but yeah. it was sweet yeah. and it would satisfy your sweet tooth. Yeah. I would, I had so many cavities as a kid. Really? Because I was just a candy fanat- like freak. <laughs> yeah. I still am. Not as much though. I'm more into, like, cold desserts now, but back in the day, I would just eat candy. Like, I live beside a 7-Eleven, go there, the five-cent gummies. Oh, yeah. I would hoard those. Like, whoa. Yeah, no, moving to the city has really impacted my diet in a bad way. exactly. (laughs) Because I've got a 7-Eleven down the street. I'm like, oh, I need a chocolate bar at 3 in the morning. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) It's 3 in the morning. Well, okay. 2 in the morning. Okay. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah. Um... I've only had, like, one or two cavities, and I was, like, mortified when I first got my first one. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, what? No, this cannot be. <laughs> um, then my face was frozen for half the day, and uh, it was great. It's always hilarious, though, because you see these videos on YouTube of people after the dentist, and they're oh, just, yeah. tr- this chick was trying to rap. It was, it was a meme. It's like when you just came from the dentist, and you think you can drop a mixtape or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, really it's it's hilarious. I never had the gas or anything at the dentist, like the laughing gas. Yeah, no, really? Yeah, I had it, but I don't remember how it felt. But maybe that was the point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like they give you the stuff that um, it smelled good. I just know I had it was different scents. It was like bubble gum, grape, orange. They'd put it on your nose and then you just be chill. Therapy. Yeah, exactly. Because of the kids, and it's so funny how it's like these are the kids' flavors. And then when you're, like, 18, they start giving you the boring, like, minty yeah. stuff. Like, but I want bubble gum and cotton candy because I'm 12 <laughs> mentally. Yeah. Secretly 12. Secretly 12. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the fruitier flavors are a little bit questionable. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's just my advanced palate talking. <laughs> advanced palate. Like, when I was a kid, I always got, like, the lemon flavor. I would never get grape or bubble gum or anything. I couldn't. Oh, I'd, I'd get, like, the fruitiest, like, bubble gum... Um, 
Peach. I don't know. <laughs> peach. I would have got Peach. Pe- peach my was the. Had peach. <laughs> my dentist had everything. Let's go to your dentist. Fuck <laughs> my dentist. And you could get a Tim Hortons after. Yeah. And just go. not get Robin's Donuts. No, like I've you're like, what's Robin's Donuts? I've never been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I went to our. Um, Every time I went to the dentist for, like, a major procedure, they would stick needles in my face, and that would be numb for half the time. Mm-hmm. Did you never have that? Like, you get your face frozen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got... Let's see. I had to get a bunch of teeth pulled, actually, at one point, because, um, I mean, like, I've been going to the dentist and orthodontist for, like, 10 years or something stupid like that. Like, I've had orthodontic issues since the day I was born, mm-hmm. but... I had to get a bunch of teeth pulled. Have you got your wisdom teeth out yet? No. Mine never grew yet either. I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, am I normal? Like, I'm 22, and I've not gotten my wisdom teeth out, and everyone else has. <laughs> well, the reason I don't think I've had mine out is because I had to have a bunch of, like, baby molars pulled. Oh. The adult molars weren't there. Right. Like, I didn't have them in my jaw. Okay. So I had to get braces and, like, pull everything forward. Yeah. So I think there's actually room still in my jaw for my wisdom teeth. So That's I don't know weird. So I out or not. Like, they're kind of there, I think. But <laughs> I can't feel them in my mouth. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a problem. Cross my finger. <laughs> next year, back. ding it. There they are. <laughs> okay, back to the dentist. Well, hopefully by next year I'll have a job and insurance. Right, yay. Which, which, speaking of jobs, um, so we're going to talk about why we're in Crecom. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a fever dream. Okay, so you start. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. what, what, what uh, interested you in this program? Well, okay. Being coming from an introvert standpoint, this is a very extroverted program. You got to talk. You got to be on camera. You got to do radio. You got to journalism communication. It's called yeah, streeters, terrifying. So yeah, what Awful. got the word? <laughs> well, okay, if anyone had told me about streeters when I was thinking about this program, I don't know that it would have ap- applied. Applied. Um, but I'm gonna. If you can cast your mind back to 2011, mm-hmm. I was a little grade 12er and. Um, had no idea what I, did, what I wanted to do for post-secondary. No idea. Uh, and I, th- I think it was, uh, like, one of those, like, recruiters came from Red River. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. With Here's the... why you should be in Red With River. all their pamphlets and, and all that jazz. Yeah. I don't know if they mentioned Creecom. I don't remember that. But mm-hmm. um, I just happened to, like, go searching for, you know, writing-based yeah. programs. Yeah. This one came up, and, you know, it's like, well, I'm good at writing. Um and I don't want to get an English degree because that's, you know, pretty generic and not all that likely to get me a job. So let's get something a little bit more. <laughs> no practical. offense to English majors. Well, but I mean, yeah. Do we? Do you? Do we do? We will be English professors. But yeah. I would rather not be stuck in school for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, yeah. So I just decided, like, okay, that's what I'll do, and applied and or started to apply. The application process was really long. I know it was like it felt like a year. And. Yeah, the thing is, I wanted to do the joint program, so I applied yep. to University of Winnipeg as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that the two programs interact was not well explained at all. There's, I still have no idea. Like to this point, like I don't know. I need to go talk to, to somebody. At UW. <laughs> U of W, if you're listening. Yeah, shout out. Hit us up. Hit, shout out to U of W. I loved U of W though. That was like my. Yeah. Yeah, I loved. Well, I mean. I I liked my experience there socially, like friend wise. I made so many new friends. Yeah, yeah, no, love t- it. Tell me about it. I've... Oh, so is it my turn, or you're still gonna well, tell no, your like, Creecom story? I, no, I'm more interested <laughs> in, in how you made friends at university. Oh, let's, yeah, let's come back to that though. Okay, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, uh, university, yeah. So uh, everyone sort of, you know, it, it was a really well thought of program, I guess, and but everyone was like, you're not gonna. It was basically like you're not gonna get in right away. You're gonna have to apply two or three times just because it's so in demand, and mm-hmm. you know. Because there's like a three-step application process, and mm-hmm. you gotta go into an interview, and they only let 75 people in a year. They only let 75 people in a year. <laughs> Please tell me if I'm going too fast. I, this is an issue that I have. Um, so it was basically like, well, you're probably not going to get in. So, but send your application anyway, and then you can go and go to university in the meantime, and uh, then you can once you have some university under your belt and know a little more what you're doing. Uh, you can apply again, and you'll probably get in. So, okay, did that. Applied. Um, I think it was just a general application first, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had to send in a portfolio? Yeah. Or no? Not no, the no, portfolio. It was, the it was the entrance test, and then once you got test through first. that, they send you the portfolio mm-hmm. and then the interview. Yeah. So the, the test and the portfolio were kind of <clears throat> intertwined. Like, you didn't know how you did on the test right away, so they just gave you the portfolio. 
Um, so yeah, I did the test. It was, you know, it was fine. I didn't, they asked a lot about like what's going on in the news right now. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> From I, my hermit hole, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to Hot 103 and <laughs> that's about it. So All the way to work. But, and yeah. yeah. So there was some bullshit going on there. But, uh, apparently it worked out in the end. And then, yeah, the portfolio. Oh, God. I shudder to think of it even now. Like, I put a few, like, decent writing pieces from uh-huh. high school in there. But, like, it was, like, show variety. So, like, I typed, like, this dumb poem about a robin or something. <laughs> and, like, busted together, like, this page-long, like, creative writing type thing. Oh. Did you hand in any science papers at all? Dear God, science writing was the worst. I know, but they, like, wanted to see something like that. Mm-hmm. So I handed in a lab report I did. I mean, I did. <laughs> and it was like, oh, man, I'm, I was just bad at science, so I'm like, I hope this is okay. I don't, I don't remember doing that, but I probably <laughs> did, yeah. I had a bunch of science crap lying around, so I'm sure I did that. And then the, there was a photo essay, which is like, <laughs> man, if you thought I was bad at photography now, four years ago, when I had a, like, Sony snapshot Shoot like a point and shoot kind of thing? Yeah. thing, yeah. Like iPhones could do um, better now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did. I I literally what did was it your, in one night. What was it on? I did the theme red, so like I took a picture. So everything of, was. <laughs> no, I took a picture of like my digital clock with the red numbers and like my uh, do- dog's collar and like, just <laughs> shooting things. And it's like, what's head. the meaning? It's just it's red. I still. It was sort of like a. Like, There's a deeper meaning. I know it. Well, no, it's like this is like an aesthetic thing. It's, like, oh, it's okay. a color theme, you know. Because like I read, it's like it must tell a story. Like I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That. I cannot believe they. I think I just wrote that. like. Because mine was dance, which is really funny because my IPP is about dance. So I I went to a bunch of dance studios and filmed dancers doing, like, crazy moves. I guess they like that because my camera was crap. It was, like, the quality was crap. Yeah. But it was nice because I I like the visual element that dancing gives to the human body. So I was like, I'll do that. And then I focused on downtown inner city kids dancing away. And it was fun. It was like one was ballet and the other one was hip hop. And I guess they like that. So here yeah, I am. That's, that's, really, that's a really interesting like. <laughs> what did you think of the test social? though? The test, I you know, because I I, I I felt like I would have been more prepared for it in high school because it was a lot of history and yeah, and I haven't taken history in like forever and I'm yeah, bad at remembering. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of it was, but it was kind of geared towards high school kids, which is understandable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I just basically just general knowledge application and. Um, didn't expect to get in, but then they called me back. Did you have a backup plan if you didn't get in? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was just going to... I was I was already planning on going to U- UW. For yeah, because I was just going to do the rhetoric degree. Yeah. And just go from there. Oh, if I didn't get in at all? To Krecom. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have... I know. I always assumed I would get in eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good attitude. I'm like, if I don't get in, I don't expect to get in. I was like, oh, where's my rejection letter? Where is it? It's taken a while. I get a... Ma- oh, my God. Yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, well, I was, I mean, much more then than I am now, but I was always pretty confident in my writing ability. That's I'm good. Like, I am a good writer. That's Therefore, good. I will get in. I was like, I'm a good writer in my bubble. There's better writers out there. And, I mean, I don't know, for me, my story is like, I've been writing my whole life, and that's always been my strong point. Mm-hmm. I won this, what I win, I placed second or third. This, this provincial essay writing contest, I was 10 years old and I wrote an essay and it won. I won an award for it. That's awesome. Um, and then I got featured on a paper. So there's an article about me. There's like 10 year old me holding up my essay. And then the article was grade five student wows with her writing skills or something. <laughs> and it was about Canada. And then oh, yeah. was that like a national? It was like essay a contest? national essay contest. There I was a provincial. There was a provincial category, and then I wrote. It was like for an assignment. And then my teachers submitted ours. Then I won, and I was like, nice. "What? There you go. Okay, cool." So then that kind of sprouted there, and then I knew I didn't want to do anything math or science related from there. Yeah, because that was what everyone else is doing. So yeah. I'm like, I'll do some writing English, and then I'm like looking where where can I like get a job in that? So hopped across. I didn't like intend on going into Krecom actually. I was just going to do the rhetoric degree at UW and then um, found about the joint program and then I was like, I'll give it a shot if I don't get in. Okay, if I do, great. I actually did not expect to get in at all. Yeah. 
so it was kind of funny. And then and then I went back and looked at my like writing, my the newspaper feature I I was in. I'm like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> it was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you send that in in your portfolio? Be like, hey, this is what I did. I didn't want to look so like, look at me. I'm on. I'm you know like I didn't want. Yeah, I mean that's the point. You do have to boast yourself, but then that was like. How many years ago? Yeah. <laughs> who, who knows? I'm probably terrible now. Maybe I was great then. No, <laughs> no. And then now I'm I'm actually more into the uh, videography, photography aspect of Krikom more than the writing part because I was actually yeah. originally, I changed my mind so many times. I was like into it because of the journalism part, and then I was like into it because of PR. And then in the back of my head, because I've been editing video since I was like 13, yeah. I'd make skits with my friends and I would just like put them on YouTube or at school projects. I have like an old YouTube channel that I don't tell anyone because it's embarrassing stuff, yeah. but it's like edited yeah. videos and skits and like little parodies that I would make and then I would edit it. I was like like 13 and then I was like in the back of my head, why am I not a media pro major when this is what I love doing? Yeah. Right? Like what that's am really I thinking? Good. So I switched the last week of Krecom, I switched into it and I'm oh, like Oh really? Yeah. It was like such a last minute decision. I was like, what am I thinking? Like what am I doing? Yeah. So yeah, I'm here because of that. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh. gonna go into my story of like the interview and how scary it was. <laughs> it was but, scary. Oh my god. I was like but then it but then it didn't really feel like much of an interview because I cause um I felt like I'd already gotten in. Cause really? it was like, yeah, because then they asked me, like, what do you want to, um, why are you here? What what interests you about Krecom? What do you know about it? It wasn't like, and then after they're like, okay, so about the program, this is what you need to know, and this is what you need to buy. And I'm like, am I in? <laughs> I did weird. not get that experience. Oh, yeah? I don't remember who my interviewers were. Really? Because you did it a while, like, back, right? Because I just did mine uh, last year. Oh, really? Twenty Like, the well, yeah. 2014, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I did mine in 2011. Uh, it was I, I a while just, back, yeah. I deferred my my, uh, my starting date. Right, to, like, to, do, to, to go to UW, UW. yeah. Um, I don't remember who my interviewers were. I remember there were two ladies, and I was scared shitless. Mm-hmm. They looked like they were going to murder me. Wow. Um, I lucked out with mine. <laughs> my impression, but it's like, I walked in there, and I'm like, and they kind of like stared me down there, and then they're like, did you know that you got 96% on your reading comprehension <gasps> part of your test? That's the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. So they seemed pretty impressed with that. But That's good. They were just kind of like, they just seemed really unimpressed by everything I was offering. Everything else. <laughs> I Like I had taken a, a sort of advanced high school course and I was showing them some other writing from that. Mm-hmm. And they were just kind of like, they were like kind of nodding, but they just looked so unimpressed. And like when they asked me like, what kind of things do you like to read? And I'm like, Science fiction and fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's different now because they were asking me, "Are you on social media? Where do you get your news from?" And I was like, "Twitter." And they're like, "Good, Twitter, yes." <laughs> kind of asked me that too, but yeah, I had a Twitter account then. I was yeah plugged in as much as you can be. But they asked me what I like to read because I think I mentioned that I read a lot. That was mm-hmm. um, and, and your readiness statement and all that yeah, stuff. <laughs> and just the look on their faces, their eyes were like boring into my soul or something. Oh my gosh, that's intimidating. Yeah, and I was just, I basically was just shitting myself the entire time I left. I was convinced I wasn't going to get in. Because then it's like make or break, right? Yeah. Like you could do good on your portfolio and then yeah. do good on the test and then the interview, let's say you just mess up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, because yeah. it's like three steps. My, my view of myself is not all that complimentary to begin with, but I still actually... Same here. <laughs> I still don't know how I got in. I'm not sure what they Me saw. too. <laughs> but... Oh my gosh, you know maybe what? I like yeah. was just... Because I don't know how much of the personality plays into it too in the interviews. Like, will this person be a fit for our program? Because it is a very outgoing program. It's very yeah. vibrant, dynamic. You got to work with, you know, you got to be on camera. You got to talk. Yeah. Like, but I don't like talking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking over you. I remember one of the instructors saying that during a seminar. They're like, during the interviews, it, yes. we sort of evaluate the candidates to see if they can handle it. Yeah, because it's so. grueling, yeah. especially for a type B personality? What is it, type I A? I think we're type Bs. T- the, the quieter type, yeah. Well, okay, the, the type, a, type A and B is like, type A is like super driven and motivated and like basically all the So it's more than that. It's not just like, it's not just like... Out, outgoing and not outgoing. It's more than that. No, yeah, it's more of a... I remember this in psychology. I totally forgot it, but maybe maybe I'll look it up. <laughs> I'm basing all of my knowledge. But yeah, tell me like, your knowledge, and I'll tell you knowledge, Google's knowledge. My knowledge is from a comic on the internet. That nice, I read. nice. Like, 
type A. Uh, or like it was like originally the type A and B personalities were reversed. And then type A was like, how dare I be type B? <laughs> oh, so they just don't want to be the other one. Yeah. And then type B is just like, eh, just relaxed or whatever. Okay. So, so, so Wikipedia says that type A, uh, the theory describes that type A individuals are ambitious. Ambitious? Ambitious? Ambitious. Oh my gosh, I can't read. (laughs) Let me pull the screen closer. Oh no. Okay, so rigidly organized, highly status conscious, sensitive, impatient. Take more than they can handle. Yeah, yeah, workaholics. Then type B are more noted to live at lower stress levels. They work steadily, enjoy achievement, fortunately. The stem of their unconscious character disregards physical or mental stress when they do not achieve. Maybe I am type A then. Christ almighty. (laughs) Okay, interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Type B individuals are attracted to careers of creativity. Writer, counselor, therapist, actor, actress. However, network and computer system managers, professors, and judges are known as type B individuals as well. Their character enjoys exploring ideas of co- and concepts. They are often reflective. They think of the outer and inner world. I feel like these two don't really contrast. I don't know. I think maybe we're thinking of, like, that Krikons are type A, but I think type A is, like, the super-driven, like, the kind of people who go to law school or, like, business school mm. or, like, want to become senators or something. Like, those kind of people. Right, and then type B is more... I mean, obviously, you know, I, d- I think that a lot of these like categorizations like suck um, <laughs> like, like the Myers-Briggs personality type INFP like, I, yeah. I, yeah or like because you, know, you can't you can't categorize one yeah. person into one thing no but I, like people do generally sway more one way or the other but you're not just one thing like it, and it also depends on the situation like in this situation you could be type A in this situation you yeah. could be type B that's the thing it's like I mean people are going to put people in categories because it's just you know how we think and it's a good way to sort of conceptualize it's a mental but, shortcut yeah yeah, exactly. But yeah. um but yeah, no one person is going to be one thing all the time. Exactly. But then we on the topic of Krikom. Yeah, I don't know if it's more type A's or B's. Because I did I overheard someone in class saying like me um if you're behind the camera, you're this type person type That's personality. Right. If you're in front of it, you're this type personality. So I don't know. Yeah, when I came into Krikom, uh, I was like, I'm going to be PR because I want to go into, you know, marketing for You actually um you're major of choice was PR initially? Like, that's what I thought I was going to do. I wasn't really sure. Yeah. I was like, maybe PR, maybe media so, pro. I'm yeah. not really sure. But, like, my, my my moment of clarity was um, when we were doing the infomercials. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, you rock that. Like, and, seriously. Uh, <laughs> You're so well, good at... Okay. It helps that I've done it before. Like, yeah. Again, <laughs> right. But it just came so naturally. Like, But, yeah. I, I got behind the board. Like, I was in the back room in the control room, like, just directing everyone. And it was such a rush. And I just loved it. I'm like... Maybe this is what I want to do, like, for a living. Maybe I don't have to worry about my writing all my life. I can just come back here and work the board. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, my moment of clarity. I'm like, let's, let's do this. It was, like, when I was doing my montage, too, like, I was sitting there editing it. And, it, you know, it was hard work, and it took a, a good chunk of time. But yeah. I, was, I enjoyed it. I was having fun all the time. Yeah. The whole time, which is, like... When I'm staring at a PR proposal, I'm just like, I just want to die. I just want to <laughs> cry and also die. <laughs> the thing I wanted to go into PR um, for was, like, I wanted to do PR for musicians. Because I, I wanted to, because I am one, but I know I'm, like, don't want to do one as a li- be one as a living. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, might as well work alongside one and help them kind of get their career on track and do marketing and how to brand themselves as an artist. And I wanted to do that. And then... I realize it's a lot of, I don't know, proposal stuff, marketing stuff. And I'm like, looking at Media Pro, and I'm like, this stuff I, I like and I am good at and I did good in, mm-hmm. like even in high school. Yeah. And in university, I did take an intro film class and we made a movie. And I always thought that was fun, but I never intended on going to school for it. It was just kind of my side hobby. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was always a side hobby. So I'm like, got here. Like, why am I not going for it? And, like, everyone's telling you, like, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, then it's, like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the weird thing. It's, like, I always assumed I would do writing for a living because that was my one thing. Me too. Thing, Me too. That's my, well, okay, but... My 11-year-old self, why are you not a writer? <laughs> Just kidding. But, no, okay, like, you were, like, editing videos and stuff. Yeah. Like... My first experience editing a video was in Krecom. Oh, aside yeah. From, like, aside from 
like not even as a side hobby thing. Having our old karaoke machine <laughs> and getting blank VCRs and taping <laughs> ourselves with the dress up box. Oh, and the that's tiny so old school. The karaoke machine. That's the entire. You know what? That life. actually that makes okay. Yeah, I'm like having a moment of clarity. Like my mom got me a camera for my for Christmas. Yeah. Multiple cameras actually. Like really. Um, no, not at once. In like okay. separate years. Oh. I was like ten, and I got like a mini digital camera, like the cheapest kind that would sh- shoot really crappy pictures. Mm-hmm. But I would always like taking pictures. I was like ten. That one broke. I uh, turned thirteen. Mom got me a digital camera. And I took more pictures on that. And then that one broke. (laughs) Then I got a phone, fast forward, and then I just always love taking pictures. So, yeah, I'm just, like, not looking into myself more. I'm like, man, these hobbies I have and these interests I have, like, I can make a job out of it. It works. It's not like I'm, like, want to be an actress or something, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's so cool. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I had Hobbies. cameras when I was younger, yeah. and, like, we would go on, you know, family trips and whatever, and, like, I went to Europe at one point, and I had a camera. Nice. It was a band trip. Um, awesome. <laughs> actually, well, I'm going to talk about band in a second, but... Um, Matt, band geek right here, too. Yeah. What did you play? What did I play? I played the flute. Oh, yeah. I can see that. And then, um, like went a into... <laughs> a flutist. And then I went into jazz band, and I played the alto saxophone. Oh, yeah. Played that for about five years, and then... Yeah, and then I tried guitar and jazz band, but didn't work. <laughs> so I just did it on my own. But yeah, I love I love band. Band geek forever. Yeah. All right, because you're a music person. Yeah. Now, just, well done. You did it. You figured it out. You <laughs> got there. There we go. Yeah. No, I um, I only joined band in grade nine. Because, um, like, I transferred uh, into a city school in grade nine. Because mm-hmm. uh, my country school uh, was six to eight and then seven to twelve. And then my middle school years were just terrible and shitty, but that's... Six to eight? Or K to eight? K to six. Oh, okay. Six to eight. Yes. Seven to twelve. Seven to twelve. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, like, I didn't have the middle school, like, experience in band. Right. So I couldn't just jump in and, like, learn the trumpet like I wanted to. But I'd been taking piano for ten plus years at that point, so it's like, all right, you can read music, let's put you in percussion. So I played the timpanis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which for those of you who don't know are uh, four enormous kettle drums it was a lot of fun kettle drums yeah <laughs> you hit things and makes a noise it was a great it, stress relief well it was interesting because a lot of the other per- percussionists didn't really have a very good grasp on like music reading mm-hmm. um, so like they could read the rhythms but they couldn't read like the notes that you needed because like for timpani is like a melodic right thing you have to tune it which is that's how I learned what tuning was but yeah, I didn't have a problem with reading. See, I didn't know you could tune drums. I was like freaked. I was like, what? You can tune drums? Yeah, no, it's still... Like, tuning as a thing. You can tune anything. <laughs> like, piano's like, you don't tune them. You just sit down and play. I was just going to make a really lame joke, but I don't want to... Oh, hold off on that. The, the tuna fish joke. Everyone knows that. Can't tune a piano, but you can y- tune a fish. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> you can't tune a piano, but you can tune a fish. <laughs> Copyright this podcast. Uh, yes. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Band kid. Um, Band kid, because that, that's that's a good thing we got in common. Yeah. But you never really, um, like, pursued it further uh, no. beyond school, like, on your own. Like, you said you played piano. Like, that's pretty... I that didn't was, know that. That's pretty neat. That was... Your parents stuck you, stick you yeah. in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I started to appreciate it more as I was older, but yeah. it was, like, eight long years of... Oh, man. Piano, and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, and then it becomes a chore. Yeah, exactly. It was basically a chore for... Okay. For well, my parents time, stuck but... me in piano, but I liked it, so... Mm-hmm. Just because they naturally have a musical family. Like, my mom sings and plays guitar, and she's like a musician back in the Philippines playing for churches and choirs and all that my dad was I just recently found this out that he was in a musical theater group oh yeah so he he sings too both of them sing and they're like really good they sing karaoke duets at our parties and nice like my parents are good and that they're like influenced me because we always had music in the house and there was always a guitar in the house so when I was like 12 I picked up guitar and then when I was 14, I picked up an electric guitar and started going hard at it, like, even more. And, yeah, oh, that was, like, the emo yeah. era. So I was, like, I'm going to play my guitar in my corner and be all sad. <laughs> and then started a band after high school. 
so it was pretty neat. Actually, no, I didn't. I was in a band in high school. It was like an all-girl band, but that kind of like dissipated really quickly. And we did like one, no, two talent shows, mm-hmm. and that was it. But it was cool. It was fun when it was when it lasted. And then I have a band right now, Far From Perfect. YouTube.com/slash Far From Perfect Band. Check us out. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, it's nice though. It's nice because then, even though I'm not in band in school or doing music in school, which I miss, it's why we started it because mm-hmm. we wanted to continue it outside of school it's like kind of like an escape yeah like that's really cool keep a hobby going and hopefully we'll be able to record an album pretty soon you know what we should do is use one of your band's songs as an intro yeah we could even play one right now but we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that <laughs> no that'll be like no <laughs> we can play songs but Let's, no, let's right. save that that'll save it for another episode. episode. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can you can educate me on music. Yes. Be good. Yay. Um, yeah. And then how you did? Yeah. yeah, you just kind of. Yeah. So yeah. Um, piano lessons. <laughs> yeah, I was always I always felt like I was kind of behind in piano based on like where everyone else my age kind of was. Uh-huh. For the first. Like, Yours seems like a bit though. Like you could. It, did you do get into the levels or the grades? Hmm? Like well, how did that work? This is the thing. Like when I was starting piano, like I was six years old. Yeah, and, that's. But early. okay, but for the first. I don't know, three or four years, my teacher was not very good. Oh, yeah, it has a lot to do with the teacher, too. Yeah, and I didn't make very much progress at all. So basically, when I was finished those three or four years and I had to go find another teacher, um, I I had made maybe a year's worth of progress in those four years. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, set me back for the rest of my... Like, I was never, like, you know, I was in grade 10 and all my peers were in, you know, grade 8 music books and I was still on the grade 6 ones, that kind of thing. So I always kind of felt discouraged that way. And then I had a teacher in elementary school, and man, she was a bitch. She was just <laughs> flying. I'm gonna, I can't say that on radio. <laughs> I, could, I could swear more creatively here, but I'm going to spare your ears you do that for me. Suffice to say, not a pleasant learning experience. No. So, you know, when, you, when, when you're scared of your teacher, you can't really foster, as you, you can't really grow as a musician. Right. That's so true. Um, so, yeah. I, it took me a long time to sort of grow into liking it and, mm-hmm. and wanting to practice for my own self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, I always kind of... Um, I think that could also ruin music for a lot of people. Yeah. Because, like, if you're going to school for it and if you're given deadlines, then it starts to feel like work. Mm-hmm. And if you're just, yeah. if you're free and you got freedom, you can write a song at your own pace or practice at your own pace. It's a lot more, I don't know. Organic. It's organic. Yeah, it's natural. You're letting it flow. Yeah. So, yeah, like, when I, when That's I, what I when taught myself. Get the five <laughs> book and you open it up and you're playing a song. Like it would take me, you know, forever to learn that song. But mm-hmm. I would, I would sort of suss out these pieces that I like. I heard and I just, I just loved. And I wanted to learn to play. But they're like, I no, you got to go by the books, kind of thing. Well, no, actually, I would, I would sort of, like, they were way above my skill level. But I would mm-hmm. grab them and just laboriously just practice it out. I would show that my teachers, like, once I was a couple of months into it, usually I'm sort of getting there. Um, but those are the parts that I really enjoyed. Like, like I started learning for Elise, like the Beethoven. That was like the part. first song I learned the, ever. <laughs> like, not the beginner <laughs> version. Like the, oh, the, like the Mozart version. There's like basically. the part two of it. Because there's like the. Yeah. And it goes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's my imitation of a piano. Yeah, no, I had like this piano at home that would light up. Oh, yeah. And then it tells you where to put your fingers. So that's how I learned songs before I knew how to read music. I would just kind of follow the the, the light the light up keys, and that that's how I learned for Elise. I just know like the basic version, nice. but there is yeah. a harder version. Yeah, like there's the version that's kind of like pared down for learners, and then there's like the original like fancy version that was mm-hmm. written by the, who who wrote that Mozart. Let's see. Anyway, my mom had this big old book of, of fancy piano, and that's the one I wanted to learn. Beethoven it was Beethoven. Anyway, it was like Beethoven's <laughs> original version. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was at you know. I was, I don't know, grade seven or something. Grade I'm like, seven. I'm gonna learn this. <laughs> it took me forever, but I got it. Um, but yeah, I can't. I'm really bad at like just playing without music. 
Oh yeah. I can't. I can't just sit down and play. I have to have meaning. Oh, in front of me. that's like, so I'm, opposite for me. <laughs> like, I'm a decent sight reader, oh. and I can when I have something that I know in front of me. Even now, like, like to this day. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's stuck with you. But I got like super rusty. <laughs> but if you put me down in a piano on a piano and, and just improvise, yeah, I, I can't do it. Really? Like, I got nothing. Oh. Like I don't. I don't have music in my soul. I guess that way. Oh okay. You know? Like I can make it happen if I have music in front of me, but I can't just sit down and improvise. I don't. Right. That's that's, that's, that's different for me because I I'm a songwriter so. Yeah. I can I do a lot of imp- that's how I come up with songs I just start off by just playing random stuff and if it sounds good I'll like write it down like oh that little note sounds well with that note I'm gonna play that I don't know it just kind of comes naturally but yeah and like I'm so jealous of that ability to do that <laughs> I don't have that at all yeah cause like like my st- first started dating my boyfriend and I'd be like at, at you know the in-laws place for dinner and mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a piano, piano too? <laughs> play you something I'll play it I'm like I don't, think, I don't think you understand. How this yeah, works. But no, you don't get it. <laughs> it's more complicated than that. Uh, of course, he played piano too, and he was better than me. Oh yeah. Well, he says I'm better than him, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, but that was about it. And then, yeah. And then band was just kind of like that was basically like my my break class. It was my easy class. Mm-hmm. I could just go to class and play some notes and bang some drums and call it a day, and not have to worry about practicing. Because then you you are ahead in band because they do teach you theory. In yeah. your first year, and then you're like, I know this. Yeah, exactly. That was me in band. I was like, I'm just gonna sit back and watch everyone attempt to yeah. count like one, yeah. two. What's a whole note? What's a half note? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clap. You, start you your, clap with it. <laughs> you start your music education at grade seven. It's a lot harder to pick up. It is like the yeah. older you start. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, and yeah. actually, like my brother, he he came to school in the city a little earlier than I did. Really? He he, he went to Lincoln at grade seven rather than grade six oh, okay. because of our, our elementary school went K to six and then he yeah. ended in grade seven so he was still technically behind in the band but like <laughs> he, was, he wanted to learn tuba <laughs> oh that's <laughs> so he had, tuba like, he had he had the years of piano behind him so he could he could pick it up relatively easily and then by the end of the year he was at where everyone else was nice went from there so no my he family should... is all in band too my sister was clarinet oh, yeah. my brother was trumpet and then we would like I wouldn't practice together actually like we're probably like, oh man, our parents must be like so annoyed because we're making all this racket, but they are like super supportive when it comes to music. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, keep practicing. Let's hear it. Let's hear a song. <laughs> like, okay. Well, that's awesome because like you've got the like treble. Stuff, yeah. And then and there's like, oh, the grab trumpet. me my brother. We'll do the bass. We'll <laughs> yeah. Little, the band little trio. <laughs> yeah. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. No, flute was harmless though because it's such a light noise. Like, mm. well, it can be pretty piercing. Oh, when it gets high up there. Yeah. yeah. But the trumpet was loud, and the clarinet was squeaky. So yep. I feel like I was the least annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had like too many trumpets in our band, so so I was like, trumpet, everyone shut loves up. trumpet. <laughs> shut up, trumpets! Give the other students a chance to shine. We had one sole tuba player. Aww. So I was like, louder, louder. But then that's a lot of pressure if you're just one player because you you're yeah. your own section. You have to yeah. be good. Yeah, that's you're leading in the section, so. Shout out to Mr. Tuba Player from Dominique's class, wherever you are now. <laughs> Mr. Whatever your name was. Bunko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was like my own section too, kind of like because I had similar notes to, or had similar parts to like the tubas and the trombones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like percussion was weird because like you don't have the same part as anyone. No, All no, you're you're the have, you're like the baseline, like you're the foundation. Yeah, and you're the only one that has that part. So like, yeah. if you're on like the the whole band is relying on you. If you miss a beat, they miss a beat. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, this turning into a music episode now. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's fine. Um, we had these. I mean, you had the like the bells, right? The really small metal xylophone. Yeah, and I was on that one time. And if you fuck that up. Because it is so high and piercing. <laughs> Everyone knows. Oh, my immediately. gosh. They look back. Because you're at the back, right? And they're yeah. like, what? <laughs> what was that? What well, yeah, because my, my, my band teacher was always, like, talking about how the really high noises just cut through the noise. So, like, if you're a flute player, you don't have to play super loud because you're high. So you're, <laughs> it, we'll hear you. You're high in band. You're high <laughs> on music. Not far off. Um... <laughs> But like if you're a tool oh my player gosh. or a drum player, yeah. I have a high story for you. But uh, yeah, that's another that's another story. Oh no no no! Because like no, please tell me. The I story. went to school in the North End, and then there was like a rumor that um, someone or somewhere stole a bunch of flutes and used it to smoke marijuana out of. 
I'm not like enforcing that stereotype, but it happened. Like, I don't know. I was just stuff happening in my school, and it's yeah. like, yeah, that would happen at my school. And that, like, I laugh so hard at that because it's like the instruments are like <laughs> perfect shape, you know? Wow. And it's funny. <laughs> Did they ever get them back? Um, I think so, yeah. I, they mu- Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think would the, would the smoke harm the, like, the, pl- the keys? The keys, like the workings of it. I don't know how it works. So, <laughs> I think it's just... I don't do drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I'm just thinking about the flute, because it's just like a tube with the, the, the depressions in yeah. it. Yeah. Like, like, there's no inner, like, mechanism, yeah. really. It's just a tube. Probably. They found a way. You could get creative with that. You could make one out of a soda can. Everyone, if you're going to smoke weed with an instrument, use a flute. Use a flute, because it's, like, it works. <laughs> oh, my God. But I don't, incur- I don't encourage that, but if you're going to, then... Do what you want. That's like a story my, my band teacher told one time about um, uh, one of the tubas somebody took home to practice with. Uh-huh. Uh, and little did they know that their little brother was running around with some Skittles. Oh. And they managed to drop a Skittle into the big end of the tuba. <laughs> and then Skittles. Back to school, not knowing. And then Taste the to, rainbow, play the rainbow. He's trying, he trying to play the tuba, and it just wouldn't play, basically, because it was just like... One little Skittle, like, it, like got screwed it, it, it over? It got like, wedged in, in the, in the, in the pipe. In, like, a, an important compartment. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think tubas are big, and Skittles are tiny. You think that would, like... Maybe it wasn't good. But, like, I think it... Well, cause, like, Something was in there. Yeah, it, probably it was an M&M. Because, like, <laughs> it would go to the bottom, and then to store a tuba, you turn it over on its eye. Mm-hmm. And so it would, like, go around. And then if you turn it over a couple more times, it would probably make its way around in the piping until mm-hmm. it got wedged in somewhere. Okay. And, yeah, so I had to go roast a Skittle at the bottom of a tuba. <laughs> Fun. Band class. Don't break class. your tubas, kid. Don't break your tubas. Oh, man. And there was another tuba that was... Or, no, there was a flat trumpet in our band room. Somebody ran over one of the trumpets. And Rep, just, like with a vehicle. I don't know who, what happened with it, but it was a flat trumpet that was like mounted on the wall of our band oh room. Oh my gosh. Maybe that was like on purpose. I don't know. Maybe it was just a crappy trumpet, but... So yeah, what kind of student were you in high school? Oh, I was the bookworm. I was the like competing for the top grades in the class. Right. Student all the time. Me too, but not a bookworm. I had a bookworm phase, but I was like more of music slash art mm-hmm. like not a lot of people know this but like I draw I used to draw a lot I have like a sketchbook and I was in art class that was like my other hobby pa- painting my school it yeah. was like the Westwood is like the creative um, arts school yeah like the arts <laughs> should have of, of the west west side of the city there because it's nice where all the nutters go the nutters what do you mean <laughs> nutters because nutters went to my school too but like different kinds of nutters it was um like, a lot of the teachers were, like, quote-unquote characters. Oh, that's <laughs> and, great. I love that. Yeah. And, like, we had all kinds of arts programs. We had dance, choral, band. Like, it was a relatively small school, but we had, like, yeah. every arts program you could think of, and they were mm. all pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't really a bookworm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, art art was my thing. Painting, making sculptures. <laughs> Another high story, but I don't know. I'm just going to, like, <laughs> in art class, in this, in Real my high school. I know, but it's just funny. I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, so we had an art class where we had to make clay models or anything out of clay. Um, and then you put it in the blast, and it would come out as kind of like a glassy mm-hmm. texture. So I forgot what I made. I made a glazing, s- right? Glazing. There we go. I made a snail. And then a couple of my classmates decided they would make bongs in art class. And the teacher was cool with it. He's like, oh yeah, go do do what you want. And my high school art teacher looked like a stoner. Like, he had the full beard, long oh, hair, and yeah, everything. Yeah. So, yeah, you know that. And then, so they did it, and, the, and I was like, yeah, actually did it. And the teacher was cool with it. And they're like, yeah. And it works, too. I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> Good. I'll be here with my, my vase. Snail and vase. I'll put I'll put flowers <laughs> in it. Yeah, my snail vase. Good, very good. <laughs> That's funny. No, but like growing up in the North End, I feel like a lot of stereotypes came at me, and then I would just turn it around and totally defy them. Mm-hmm. And that's what my image was when I went to university. Okay. Because I came out of my little North End bubble into this world of all these kids from everywhere and then they, then we'd get into conversations. I'd talk about where I was from and then they'd get all surprised. And then, yeah. I don't know, that's great, I guess. <laughs> it, but not in a way because then there's all these stereotypes and they expect you to f- fulfill them and mm-hmm. then I defied them. Went totally opposite and then they're like, wow, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. That's why you shouldn't stereotype people. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was me in high school. But I was also like the super shy, did yeah. not party kind of introverted, be in the corner with my guitar mm-hmm. kind of chick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, growing up in the North End, people expected you to some be some sort of badass kind of party head. Mm-hmm. Like, nope. And people were also afraid of it or afraid of the people that came from there. Because you hear a lot of stories in the news, crime stories and vandalism and getting mugged, getting jumped on the streets. And I have never gone mugged in my 21 years of living there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it is true statistically. It's not the safest place in the city, but there's some good characters in there. There's good people. And... I grew up there, and I'm. I turned out all right. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, no, that's I'm not in. Yeah. You know, crap right now, but it's good. Yeah, that's why my IPP is about the North End. Yeah, I'm gonna want to. That's do what a, inspired me and my charity. <laughs> I'm gonna want to do a where where we grew up podcast because I want to hear all about your North End. Right. So this is kind of like an introduction to like the future episodes. We'll cover topics, and then we'll be like, we'll do a future podcast about this topic. But yeah, I wanted to talk about, or I wanted to say. God damn it. You're talking about high school. Yeah, high school and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, being being the quiet kid, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, were you with the same, like, group of people the whole time? Yes, and it was the quiet group. It was, like, five girls, and we would just sit in the back of class and not participate, and then <laughs> people would kind of make fun of that fun of us for that, or that's what we were known as, and then during spare, we just kind of keep to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then... But we'd always get the highest grades. Yeah. But we'd never compete against each other. We were always, like, super friendly. And then, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, we always got, like, good grades. So, like, they're the smart, quiet group. Watch yeah. out for them. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> so it was kind of mysterious, too. Yeah. So, like, we were, the same, we were at the same, like, class from... Same class, yeah. yeah. We had this enriched program, quote-unquote, yeah. where they throw all the kids in there that would succeed more. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't think it was the same work with for all the other classes too, just at a faster pace. Yeah. But I don't know. It was still it all felt the same to me. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was me. Those was the same class, same group. Yeah. Same kids. I know what you mean about the quiet group when in elementary. They all school stick and stuff. together. <laughs> a group of four of us, of four girls who were the smart kids. I mean, you know There's a correlation. Going in a, well, this is a whole thing cuz yeah. like you know, growing up outside the city, it was a country school. There was 20 kids in my class. And, you know... And it's the same kids. If you stay... Well, there's a rotation, and, you know, sometimes it's, you know, 25 or whatever, but our class is never very big. The 93 year was a small one, Mm -hmm. particularly because the 92 was, like, People people born in 92, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. In 93, (laughs) it was not so much. There's a surge in the population. Kind of bizarre, but anyways, yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, there was four of us who were known as as the smart ones. Mm -hmm. And... um, and again, there was something about the 93 class. Mm-hmm. All the teachers kind of agreed, but all the boys were just complete rabble-rousers. Wow. Absolute shit disturbers. The they were boys. Just, yeah. Wow. Basically all of them. Um, I mean, there was, like, occasionally one or two that was, you know, not terrible, but by and large... And it was the same sort of group of boys. They were just... I mean, there, there was, a, like, a trailer park uh-huh. um, where, you know, a lot of the kids who lived there went to school and... It was kind of the north end of the rural area. Oh, yeah. I getcha. I getcha. It's where the rough kids live. The rough kids. Just, they were complete. They were assholes, frankly. Wow. And so you didn't have any guy friends in elementary? No. Uh, yeah. No. Um, not not because they had cooties, but because they were jerks. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I, it was just... They were jerks. Like bullies or just terrible humans. Yes. Well, I mean, this is... Like, and this is like eight-year-olds, like how... Yeah. Yeah. People think of the country as kind of innocent and, you know, everyone's all... Yeah, my perception of it was just really laid back and carefree country. Not true at all. In fact, in grade seven, I witnessed um, a group of boys beating another boy up so badly that he actually had a seizure. Oh, my God. And he wasn't epileptic. He just had a seizure. Yeah. Because they beat him up that bad. And this was in homeroom of school. What? Our teacher wasn't there, but I can't believe I didn't, like, try to run and get somebody, but I was basically paralyzed with horror. Yeah, like, you'd you need, like, to recover from that mentally. unbelievable. The behavior issues were off the charts. That was one of the So how did the teachers deal with it? Left. Well, you know, you know, they got mad, and I'm sure a few of them got suspended for a few days, but... The kids, yeah, but, like... Nothing really changed. There was this one boy who they were... 
who was part of the group, but kind of not. Like, so depending on the mood of the group of the day, it was like, um, one day he'd be good friends with them, and they'd be, you know, laughing up and whatever, and being good friends. The next day he was just being just, bullied mercilessly. Aww. He was like the scapegoat, and I don't know what the, like, pecking order or rhyme or reason was there. Yeah. The, the minds of adolescent boys, which oh is my a gosh. complete mystery to me. Well, girls are another thing, too. Like, it, guys get f- physical, and girls get... Bitchy. Bitchy yeah. and Mean Girls style. No, I definitely had that in elementary. I had, like... Yeah. I had a, like, group, and then there was these girls. Like, I wasn't the cool kid ever. Yeah. In, in elementary, I was super uncool. Mm-hmm. And then these girls would just, like, just make my life miserable, and I'd oh, hate God. them. It actually, like, influenced which high school I went to after. Oh, yeah. Because actually... Um, was registered to go to another high school, but that's where all the mean girls were going, mm-hmm. that I was just, I would be so miserable if I went there, so and then I went to another high school. Yeah. So it's like, that's the effect bullying can have. Yeah. It just, it's I so mean, miserable. <laughs> I was very lucky in that I never really was bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the girls who were like the quote unquote popular girls, like the, our group was small enough that we, even though we weren't, you know, the best of friends, we got along and like, the smart girls were like kind of respected as the smart girls. Mm. Like, they knew not to burn those bridges because then it wouldn't help them with homework <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it was that kind of currency. It wasn't good friends, but it was I like, think. you know, it was a working role. It was like my role in elementary was like the speller because oh, yeah. we'd have to do journal entries. Mm. And then I would like be the one who's good at writing and spelling. So there'd be like a lineup at my desk of kids asking me how to spell words. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, That's you great. guys trust me. You should charge them. Yeah, I know. I should have. I should have. I would have made so much lunch money. That would be great. <laughs> I'm rich. Got ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a little kid, when you got five cent candy, I got like, like that's not. Oh yeah, no, I was like in second grade. I remember I had like twelve bucks stolen from me. Oh, from wow. me, I was so sad. I'm like, I, I was like, twelve dollars gone. Oh, Who would take God. my money? So and I felt so rich back then with twelve dollars. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So between the behavioral issues and like, you know, like I was a smart kid in school, and like I was getting like you know, 98% on things. That's awesome. Kind of thing. But like, it wasn't that I was that smart. It was that the curriculum at my school was, was easy. Like, oh. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I felt like the work at my school was easy and I felt like if I was thrown into another school, it would be a lot harder. And that's what threw me off in university because I feel like everyone was coming from different backgrounds and different yeah. curriculums and different levels of difficulty there's advanced placement i never had advanced placement i've never had the opportunity to take advanced placement Mm -hmm. and if there was at my school i totally would have taken it but my school was more catering to making sure people like graduate instead of like making sure people get phds because that's not the area that people would think to succeed like we'll just make sure these kids graduate instead of just we'll make sure these kids go to uni because not many people went to uni or college in my year a lot of people actually dropped out no, not even dropped out. That's where I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Cut that. A lot of people didn't make it to graduation, and they had to repeat grade 12. Oh, okay. Because they yeah. put in a new policy on absences, and if you miss a certain number of classes, you'd get kicked out. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, so they enforced that in my graduating year. So my graduating class, compared to other city schools, because Sisler has like 400 kids, mine was 90. Yeah. 90. In comparison. Oh, yeah, 90. Gra- graduated? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that was kind of what my school in the country was like. Right, so it's like um, a city school, Think like, that's not that high, so yeah, well, <laughs> 90 kids. I mean, you know, it was 20 kids per class, period, but yeah. uh, the, sort of the trend was the same. So, you know, at the end of grade 8, my parents were like, this is not on. Mm-hmm. So they transferred me to a, a, a school in the city where they had IB, which is like AP on drugs. AP on drugs. Well, it's like there's this, there's a higher level. Well, yeah, it is because it's like a it's an international international ba- baccalaureate. An international baccalaureate, and it's yeah. the standards are the same all over the world. So oh, Japanese kids and Swiss they're all kids taking that. And African kids and Canadian kids are nice. all taking the same curriculum. Yeah. See that so. that's that's good though because yeah. it's like it's a lot more rigorous. It's rigorous and it's standardized. So you yeah. if everyone took that, then you know they're all coming from the same place. Yeah. 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 That's what it, like bothered me about the school system. Oh, that's another episode. That's another episode. Let's write that down. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. But Oops. I mean, but changing schools and losing my friend group, quote unquote friends, they were kind of like, you know, but it was the people I'd grown up around. It was like traumatic. I didn't make new friends. Until right. Two years at, at Westwood. Because you're so used to the same group and it's yeah. like, man, I don't, how am I going to top this? How am I going to make new friends? I spent the entirety of grade nine and 10 just by myself in the library. Oh, yeah. Basically. It was yeah. Just, that was like, my grade seven. I was just kind of like. 
because for me it was elementary mm-hmm. and then seven to 12. And I was with the same kids. So it took a while. Mm-hmm. It always takes a while. Even now I'm just like, okay, how am I going to do this Creecom thing? Like I know no one in the program and everyone in the program is like just so talkative and Outgoing. you know outgoing and i'm Make like friends so easily yeah and it comes so naturally to them like man and then so i went um the first couple weeks of Creecom, and i feel like everyone already had groups and i'm like how is that possible it's been a week how do you i don't know right so yeah. it took me so long to even like have someone i would talk to regularly yeah so yeah. It, that was made things tough because it's like i feel like to survive with your sanity you have to kind of stick together you have to have a support group support group exactly yeah Yeah. and if you don't have that then you're on your own no one else is going to understand i try to talk about Creecom to my friends and they're like they don't get it (laughs) it, well it's something you have to live or my family yeah you got to be in it to really know i've also found a, a thing is like the group that you're with your very first semester that's the group you kind of bond with yeah like my section section one got really close yeah yeah mine too my first year but you know coming in my first year again, which is one <laughs> class, and everyone's, yeah. you know, they're they're having that bonding experience. I'm just kind of like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> so from the sidelines, yeah. like, look at everyone. <laughs> We're both sitting from the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and the thing is, it's like I don't consider people friends until I've known them a long time and know them really well. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. What makes a friend? Uh, What's the definition of a friend? Time on. <laughs> Do I call this person my classmate, my or my friend? Like, are we on friend level? Let's <laughs> friend territory that's the thing that i think about right think about that yeah well i do yeah i always think about that because i feel like for me i keep my school life and my personal life separate like they don't mash and i have different groups within my personal life and it's like when i'm having a get together i have to like think about who to invite Mm -hmm. because people might not clash well yeah and i could never have a party i don't think right now because I'm just friends with so many different types of people. So. Oh, yeah, trying to, like, invite them all and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, and then, and even, like, being introverted, too. I don't throw gatherings well, yeah, often. That's so, yeah. But, I mean, you still have, you know, your band friends and whatever. Yeah, I like smaller. That's the thing. Like, I thrive in smaller groups. Yeah. And people, I would tell, I'm like, man, I'm so awkward. And then to my friends, I'm a totally, like, different energy yeah. to them. So it's like, I wouldn't call myself socially awkward. I would be like socially selective yeah if anything naturally like i don't want to be that way though <laughs> i don't want to be that way i want to be like i know a people person feel like large gatherings they make me like i always end up on the outside somehow mm-hmm. always, like a few people how did i get here to like, this corner yeah you just kind of like they're sitting on your hands and like how did this happen how and then this... there's always that one person who's yeah. like the center of attention yeah and like how do they do that how do you excuse me mister how did you do that <laughs> and like occasionally i would have that maybe happen. we could have a guest on the show because I have so many talkative and extroverted friends we probably like how do you do that we should have like and a special guest um, a really outgoing person oh my god we should get my boyfriend on here oh yeah okay yeah in high school interesting opposites attract people he was like this um, we went to high school together Mm -hmm. but we didn't get together until afterwards Mm -hmm. Um, and he wasn't part of any like he had sort of his own friend group but like he was one of those people that everyone knew who he was and everyone oh liked him, yeah just a floater know? but like a well like well liked floater yeah. yeah and i couldn't think of one or two other people that were like that but yeah like, he was one of them and everyone liked him he was just and everyone like, knew who he was and performative person and it like oh he had like he was in drama and like there's there was kind of like the drama kid clique theater and there was like an arts kid clique and there was like sports people right which was like a whole other mm-hmm. universe of people what are sports what yeah. what is sports How does one this is not a sports podcast <laughs> yeah uh, there's everything but sports <laughs> we should do a sports episode and talk about how we don't know what sports it's are. just gonna be dead air if it's a sports episode well i can talk about some stuff but they're not really sports related. okay <laughs> mm. not the point anyways we can talk about golf <laughs> <laughs> i don't golf golf family golfs okay uh anyway yeah so yeah he was just one of those people who was just like a social butterfly. Oh, I envy those people. Oh, yeah. But Did you ever ask him, like, how do you do it? Yeah, I have. And I what mean, does he say? He said had some really interesting perspective on it. He would talk about how, like, it, it was a concentrated effort. Mm-hmm. Like, he would try to make people like him. He would try to say things that he knew people would think were funny yeah. or interesting. And he would kind of get his self-esteem that way. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a conversation we've had. Um, 
Because a lot of people, I just go like, how do you do? And they're like, I don't know. I just be myself. <laughs> how? Great, can, we, can you write me a 10-page step-by-step guide on how to be outgoing? Because, yeah. wow. On my desk by Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Minute late, auto fail. Auto, auto fail <laughs> Oh, my oh gosh. Um, what Krecom does to your life in a year? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, if I'm talking about, if I'm thinking about my circle of close mm-hmm. friends or close people that I'm really close to, I've got my boyfriend, I've got my brother, I've got a friend that I've known literally since birth. Mm. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've got, you know, the, the group of classmates in Krecom, that's good. I've yeah. A few other sort of groups here and there. Uh-huh. I hang out with my boyfriend's friends, and we're kind of a, a, a little a, group, a, a group of people, and mm-hmm. you know, I enjoy hanging out with them. But I wouldn't call them very close friends. Uh, for me, okay, I had this weird thing. I got out of high school, and I had this super like huge turning point where I like kind of drifted with all my friends from high school because they weren't like the the little core group of girls I still see from now and then. But there was a lot of bad influences too mm-hmm. yeah. from like other people just the general my general graduating class is like um i'm not saying they're bad it's just that's not who i am yeah yeah. so i met this group in university and it's a giant giant group that started out as a small group in the cafeteria Mm -hmm. fourth floor cafeteria of u of w oh yeah one person would know someone bring them to the table then everyone introduced them and then by the end of the year there was like nine tables attached together. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. We got up to nine at one point of just people. You introduce someone to the table and that became a, a group, a oh, circle yeah. of friends. And then we threw this one big party and then you got to know like every side of everyone. And then it just became one really tight knit university group. We have like a giant Facebook page of like 50 people. Yeah. And, and then it kind of fell apart because it kind of happens to a big group of friends and it started, people started subdividing so now ever since I left high school I kind of cycled through friends like you I'm close with my band and then I'm close with four or five people at a time and then you drift with them and then you get closer to a new group and then you like it kind of that's what happens in my so I kind of feel like I have a lot of friends but I feel like it kind of depends on where I am at life like a lot of people are graduated that I know, so they kind of you kind of drift from them. It's like where you are in life, then these people kind of float in and out. So yeah. that's me. I like can't really stick with one group. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, speaking of friends, I think this is a good place to leave off for the week. Next time on Background Noise, we're going to talk about relationships and friendships and how to relate to people when you don't really like people all that much in the first place. <laughs> Tune in next time. See you later. Bye.